Andrew Tate made headlines again last week as he and his brother Tristan were arrested by the Romanian authorities. Obviously, there were different reactions to this news. Some people celebrated the fact that they saw somebody who they, they considered misogynistic, toxic, sexist, all of the X and Ists and whatever you can think of uh, is in jail. Tate supporters, on the other hand, claimed that the Matrix was out to get him, whatever that means. Honestly, Tate getting people to say the Matrix unironically is enough for me to see him go to prison. Am I going to talk about the Tate's brother situation? Not really. I honestly couldn't give a shit. But I do want to dive into the conversations surrounding the brothers. When Andrew Tate came around, there was a lot of talk about how his content, his messages has negatively impacted the younger generation. What ended up happening was a lot of companies were taking him out of their platforms, whether that was Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Airbnb. That one still doesn't make sense to me. I, I think Airbnb was just feeling FOMO. For weeks, there were debates about freedom of speech on social media. I think it's safe to say social media companies aren't the government, so they have their own policies, and so freedom of speech doesn't really apply to the policies that companies have. I just kind of think it's funny that a lot of other people have had the same messages but haven't been removed. Someone like Kevin Samuels, for example, who was basically the black Andrew Tate. The only difference between those two is that Kevin Samuels was mainly targeting black women, so not really much was done. I, I honestly think that the main reason why Tate was taken off social media is because a lot of white liberal women were targeted by him. And so obviously they control a lot of what is influenced on social media. Anyways, the talk around Tate seemed like he was the worst person to be on social media and that his content was the worst and it was like the worst thing to ever happen on the internet, right? Which is definitely very false because the internet or specifically social media, modern social media has been around for about 18 years. Social media and other internet platforms have always had a negative impact towards people before Tate. And after Tate, it's just gonna be the same thing. My name is Josh, welcome back to Coffee with Kaz. It's been a while, there's been a lot of traveling and illnesses, hopefully the, we'll be back to normal. Today we'll be, topic, we'll be diving into a topic that I feel like I can talk about for hours, but I'm just gonna condense it to as short time as I can, and that is social media. Social media is relatively new. The first concept of social media were internet forums, which was around the 70s, and then fast forward a few decades, then you have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those platforms being created in the 2000s. If we use Facebook as the baseline, modern social media has been around for about 18 to 19 years. These platforms can be used for a variety of purposes, such as promoting businesses, keeping in touch with friends and families, staying up to date with the news and current events. While there are pros to social media, there are also cons, a lot of them. And it's definitely heavily impacted my generation, AKA Gen Z. I'm a 2001 kid, so one of the older products of Gen Z, meaning I've seen the development of social media throughout the years, and every year it concerns me. The main goal of these applications is to retain your attention for as long as possible. So a lot of content you consume will be based on data that companies collect from you. And when you try to escape, they always try to rope you back in. Think about the time you maybe left Instagram or Snapchat for like a few days. And then they always pop up with a notification of like person's content you usually see recently posted. And that's how they try to get you back in. It's a cycle. For years, a lot of content that we've consumed has gone worse. 
and it doesn't look like it's gonna get any better. Once you're on social media for a while, you start to notice that a lot of things that trend, or a lot of things that you know pop out the most are negative things. And that's obviously going to negatively affect people, right? Whether that's fake news, misogyny, misandry, anything. Those are usually the topics that are the most popular. Social media is not just what you consume, but it's also what you choose to post. One of, or probably my favorite Netflix documentary is called The Social Dilemma. It's a documentary that presented the potential risks from technology companies, social media in particular, on the well-being of individuals and society at large. And it was released in 2020. I know a lot of people don't like it because they say it's overdramatic, and they do have a point, I'm not going to lie, but I think it does still show a bit of the reality of things. One of the most interesting parts of the documentary is when they talked about the creation of the like button, which I now see is one of the most evil inventions that has ever touched social media. I don't think I can show Netflix clips on YouTube, but basically the like button is a powerful tool that keeps us on social media. Why? Because when we get likes on our posts, it usually releases dopamine in our brain. That's why we keep wanting more likes and keep posting pictures, videos, whatever it is. It's basically an addiction. So to all those who keep saying, oh, I, you know, I post for myself, unless your like count is off, it's just, it's a little hard to believe. The problem with likes and posts in general is that it's created a culture of validation-seeking, comparison, and a filter bubble, where we only see what we want to see and not the reality. And don't get me started with beauty standards, that can be a whole video itself, but basically, all I'm gonna say about that is that over a billion dollars has gone into plastic surgery industry yearly. There's also how today's social media has influenced today's dating culture, with DMs, dating apps, relationship advice, left, right, and center. I'm not going to get into all of that today, but basically I feel nowadays, or specifically in the West, because I feel like a lot of this is a Western thing, you know, because I feel like the West is a very individualistic society. The majority of relationship advice that I see is always men versus women with manipulation and toxicity through social media, rather than how a man and a woman can come together and be a team and all that lovey-dovey relationship stuff. Obviously, I'm talking about heterosexual relationships. Uh, I'm straight. I can't speak for other sexualities. I will talk more about modern relationships at a later date, possibly with a guest, so look out for that. I don't want to say social media shouldn't be a thing because there's a lot of good that's come out of it. I've seen the power of social media reunite families and get people resources that they need, whether that's money, food, even organ donors. But it's also hard to ignore the bad sides of social media, like everything I talked about and more. Honestly, I don't know how we're supposed to tackle something that's had billions of dollars invested into it. Once in a while, I'd have a conversation with somebody about social media and they'd be like, yeah, you know, we need to change it. And then eventually, you know, you just go back to our phones and nothing changes. I think many people are aware of the challenge that we face uh, with social media, but it's really hard to tackle it when everybody else doesn't want to. I feel like the talk around social media is very similar to alcohol, where, you know, someone would be like, oh, I'm not on Instagram. And the main response is always, why? Why aren't you on Instagram? You should be on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Rather than like, okay, cool. Honestly, I've personally struggled with uh, social media validation myself. I've tried to go past that. I think I've mostly undone uh, some of that damage, some of that insecurity. And one thing I definitely love to do is to just basically delete everything, but it, I, 
you know, Instagram especially, I don't delete it because it's the best way for me to contact uh, people in my life. I have family around the world, I've traveled around the world, so I have family and friends everywhere. So it's, that's like the easiest way to keep in contact with people. So I can't really delete it. But what I have done is, for example, reduce the time I use Instagram, like significantly. And also I've turned off the like count. So any post that I see, and maybe if I post something, it's, I literally don't know what the like count is. And so I can't really judge my posts or other people's posts based on the likes that they have. Honestly, I thought that I didn't really care that much about likes, but there would be times where I might see a post and then I might think, oh, how many likes are there? And I try to look at it and I can't see. And then I realized that I turned off the like count. And so that made me aware about how much I actually put value towards likes and I didn't realize it. That was just last year. It's a little scary on where social media is going, especially with the younger generation, uh, like beyond Gen Z. I don't know what the new generation is, but my sister, my little sister, is definitely part of that. She's six years old, and there'll be times where I might see her, she would know a TikTok trend, and I'm wondering how she knows that TikTok trend. Um, because I'm not at home most of the time, so it's just her and my parents. And yeah, my, my mom's just, oh, she, you know, she, she downloaded TikTok. I don't know how a six-year-old knows how to download TikTok, but she, she did and she just scrolls on it sometimes. I did tell my parents to delete the application and make sure that she doesn't get it. She was not able to download it again because social media at that young of an age is it's just not, it's not, uh, it's very harmful. Which actually brings me to the point of censorship. A lot of the times the argument with internet censorship is that, oh, younger kids can't see this, that, and the third. Why are younger kids on social media in the first place? Why are we allowing younger kids to be on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and all, and all those applications? There shouldn't be a reason why, you know, parents are allowing them to be on social media, right? I think, the, personally, the minimum age should be 15, 16, because um, even 13 is a bit too young for me. Kanye is not in the right state of mind right now, but his point about him letting their child just use uh, TikTok and just like post and stuff is, you know, he, I think he got it right there. Because what's her name? North? She hasn't even reached double digits in age. So I don't see the point why she's on social media. I've, I've heard people argue, oh, you know, her mom's managing the, uh, the account and whatever. Cool, but she. But North posts a lot of trends. So obviously she's on TikTok scrolling and seeing all of this. So clearly she knows what's going on on social media and not just her, a lot of other kids. And you know, it's, there's just so much we have to tackle right now with the content that's out there that having kids on there is not the safest thing right now. So I'm going to circle back to the whole Andrew Tate thing. Is Andrew Tate the worst possible thing that has ever reached the internet? No. This is not to say he hasn't had an impact, because he has. He's, he's touched a lot of people, whether that's in a good way or a bad way, because there are some good things he said, but there's a lot of bad things he's also said. But he's definitely a small challenge to a bigger problem. If people successfully push him off the internet for good, cool. 
that could be maybe a small battle won. But we're still fighting a losing war. And I have no idea how we're going to turn that around. I really don't like negative thoughts, but this is one of those things where I don't have much optimism for, at least not right now. Um, but I, I just hope that things get better eventually. But yeah, this has been Coffee with Kaz. Thank you for joining me. For those watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. It's obviously also available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, just search Coffee with Kaz. And I will hopefully see you next week.